Welcome to the Untold Podcast, capturing the culture's imagination through speculative fiction. I'm your host, Nathan James Norman. This month is the Untold Picture Contest Flash Fiction Competition. We're bringing you five new original stories submitted to our competition. The cover art for each story was the randomized picture the author received for their story. Joining me in selecting these five stories, Peter Younghusband from Reviews by Peter and marathon runner Lauren Zisk-Perry, who simultaneously runs and reads more in a week than I do in a year. Together we selected the top five stories which we will be producing all through the month of August. Then, after all the stories have been released, we'll turn over voting to the friends and fans of the show. Our second story in the Untold Picture Contest is by Amy Vandervorst. Amy Vandervorst is a stay-at-home mom who is editing her first book, a modern mythical fantasy set in Japan, writing another book, and has way too many ideas to be able to put each on paper. She loves Japan, music, everything from movie scores to EDM to folk metal, teaches null binding, an ancient yarn craft, think Viking age and older, and feels stories are like air. We can't do without them. When the assigned image for the untold picture contest arrived in her inbox, she geeked out. Amy has always loved space and watched almost every NASA shuttle and Mars probe launch. Programming for a NASA project called Landsat 7 was her dream job. It was a hard choice to leave after the birth of her son. The L-17 was a real privilege to work with. Google Earth as Art NASA if you'd like to see some of the gorgeous images. You can find Amy in the following places under her pen name, Amy Wintervoss, at amywintervoss.com, at amywintervoss on Twitter, and on World Anvil, worldanvil.com slash author slash shyredfox. Just look to the show notes for all the links. So now, without further ado, and on behalf of Peter Younghusband and Lauren Zisk Perry, the Untold Podcast is proud to present Arrival by Amy Vandervorst. Autologue of co-pilot Tersav Ott, Karnak Exploratory Age, Voyage Number 77. Yet again, we struggle to repair our ship after engaging in a battle we did not ask for. In such situations, there's no win. Death abounds on each side. Why can't our people find another sector of the cosmos to settle? Every cycle, we pray to live in peace so we might unravel the mysteries of the Maker. When will we finally be able to follow our purpose? After a thousand cycles, some are giving up. From a vector we hadn't intended to explore, we intercept a message and work on decrypting the strange code. The translation gives us much-needed hope. Approaching the Vector's star system brings a unified cheer from the crew. This soul is a lovely gold. Compared to our dying red one, it appears healthy and vibrant. After the captain gives the order to map the system and send the findings home, we learn sentience inhabit only the third planet. The proof, a plethora of debris, litters the in-orbit sectors beyond the atmosphere. Are they even able to lift off the ground past so many floating objects, or are they world-bound? Everyone wonders if these sentients will be willing to share the system. Will they allow us a single planet of their choosing? Or will they be arrogant 
and belligerent, like the other races we've encountered. Engineering reports a possible glitch in the navigation code matrix. Portal creation is risky, another effect of the last skirmish. Our crew won't be able to make the repair before we jump into the system. A shiver runs through all six of my limbs, but we signed up for a do-or-die mission to save our race. Captain Runsko signals that we're go for portal creation. Among the crew, expressions of fear turn to determination. If the worst happens, we'll at least have found a candidate system for our people. Our deaths won't be meaningless. Emerging at the very edge of the third planet's atmosphere is not ideal by any means. A vessel this size wasn't meant for flight, like the colonization ships were. It can't maneuver on an infinitesimal point in space, nor was it created to withstand planetary gravity. The hull creaks in eerie groans under the pressure. Our ship's engines can't keep us from hurtling toward the surface. All we can do is try to decelerate for planetfall, so we don't break up in the dense troposphere. Nothing could prepare us for the deafening cacophony. The captain trembles as he enters the distress signal. Then he copies the rest of the crew in covering his head with two of his other arms as we try to drown out the acoustic onslaught. At least, the planet is a beautiful sight. Its blues, greens, and browns indicate vast oceans and fertile land masses. A side glimpse. My crewmates expressions show slack-mouthed wonder as they take in the world below. Will the sentience of this world even understand our message? After only three orbits of the planet, the atmospheric drag is too strong, so we calculate our course to attempt landing on a low population sector. But emergency landings offer no guarantees. Heating up fast, the viewers on the bottom of the hull melt as we plummet farther into the atmosphere. Only the ones above and behind us still function. Giant contrails forming behind us show on the aft view hollow projections. We fight to steer in winding curves to slow before impact. But our ship was not made to be aerodynamic. Efficient for space travel. In air, it's a flying rock with an engine that's too small for our needs at the moment. Fire engulfs the ship, causing fissures due to the differences in temperatures between the outer and inner hulls. Bursting into flame, chunks of the hull fly past our view. At last, we receive the report that this planet is compatible with our genetics for a temporary stay. Though the harsh chemicals in some of the land and much of the air will diminish our lifespan to less than a century, perhaps we'll be able to leave the planet while some of the crew remains. Despite rapid deceleration, the heat from our huge hull creates a change in air pressure below us. Lightning peels from the forming clouds behind us. A minute before crash landing, Captain Runsko orders us to activate our personal shields. This should save the delicate flesh of crew members from splattering throughout the ship. Turbulence from the air updrafts increases. Despite shields, the crew is jostled from their posts. 
When the countdown to impact appears on the hollow viewers, we use magnetic brakes to secure our personal shields to the floor. In the collision, many individual brakes fail, leaving numerous crew members to the mercy of momentum versus our shields. As my body flies through the bridge cabin, time slows. I get one last look at the rear projection. Behind the vessel, dirt and rocks fly in divided arcs. We are gouging out a wide swath of forest. Upon collision with the bulkhead, everything goes dark. Last autologue before planetside contact. I'm in the remnants of the medical wing, but everyone here who isn't working watches the hollow projections. Checking me over, the medical assistant assures me nothing is broken. Outside, vast crowds of the planet's sentience gather in flying and land-based vehicles. The majority greet us with flashing, multicolored lights on large red vehicles and smaller black and white ones. Alas, our translator provides no assistance to decode the flashing message. Pray for us to communicate well. We have nowhere else to go until we can rebuild. But we can bargain with our technology and knowledge. In the hope they're broadcast out of system, was a genuine offer. We replay the intercepted message through the external speakers. We offer friendship across the stars. You are not alone. that was our story. I hope you liked it. Author's note. For reference, NASA beamed the message, we offer friendship across the stars, you are not alone, into space on Voyager's 40th anniversary. This was the second of five untold picture contest stories we are releasing this month. Remember, voting begins at the end of the month. Before we go, remember that. This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Please remember to like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, blog about us, leave us a nice review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find us, support us on Patreon, and tell your friends. The Untold Podcast has been funded by Jason Brannan, Jen Finelli, Fred Heimbaugh, Clayton Webb, Parker J. Cole, Lauren Van Arendonk Ba, Mike and Andra Williams, Spirit Blade Productions, The Retro Rewind Podcast, Rudy Diaz, Jackie Hanna, Deborah Dunson, Amanda St. John, G.S. Muse, and Nathan and Casey Butler. And I'm Nathan James Norman, reminding you to pray for us to communicate well.